So, I feel like if I see Donald Trump's Oompa Loompa face one more time, I'm just going to, like, spontaneously combust. I'm going to be the first case of genuine human combustion. I... Oh, God. Speaking of Donald Trump... I'm really tired of radical Christians putting their Jesus boner in my face. Um, But that being said, and I'm not a Christian, but I still feel qualified to render this judgment. I, I think that perhaps Donald Trump could be the Antichrist. I mean, you know, it's a very viable theory. You just need to think about it. Really. Okay, anyways. um, I had a shitty week. Um, I'm tired and my feet hurt. And um, I'm having a hard time riding because I can't keep my mind on something. And I'm not hungry, but if I don't eat, I get sick. And I'm just a whiny bitch. And you probably guys, you guys don't want to listen to me whine for two hours. So I'm going to try not to whine for two hours. But I can't promise anything i mean just i'm putting that out there for you guys i can't promise jack shit uh and none of my friends on roll story are giving me the shit that i want and none of them have trees for me to harvest and it's not too much to ask for you to put some fucking trees on your fucking little thing okay just put some fucking trees there so i have something to harvest okay just just come on anyways for those of you who don't play Royal Story, I'm sure that makes absolutely no sense. I'm not sorry. Um, <clears throat> I, I put on Twitter earlier in the week that I keep waiting for Velma and Shaggy to come along and pull off Donald Trump's mask. I'm only half kidding. Um, that man's a monster. He's a monster. And he's really scary. And um, I'm... Definitely scouting locations in Canada if he gets elected because I can't, I can't stay, people. I can't stay in America if Donald Trump becomes president. I'm just gonna have to claim political asylum or you know, like found my cult worshiping cult for real and then like have some kind of religious pilgrimage to the Holy Land, which is apparently in Surrey, England, um, where there's a house. Um, on Cock Lane, and its address is 69. So the house address is 69 Cock Lane. Yeah, that's our Holy Land people right there. And you and you wondered where it was, and now you know. 69 Cock Lane in Surrey, England. I hope they're not really close to where Vernon and Petunia live. Anyways. Or maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. There's that. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm in a really crappy mood. And um, we, we definitely can rescue Harry. Um, it's a fixer upper house, that's for sure. Um, but I think that we could um really work it out. We could just, you know, put some, we could paint it. And, you know, we, we we could flip it. We could flip that house and make it livable. 
I gotta stop playing this fucking game. It's pissing me off. Um, <clears throat> and it definitely needs a cock fountain. I, t- I totally agree. It it needs a dick fountain. Um, or something. I don't know. It, I'm just... I'm really, really irritated. In general. And I probably shouldn't be on my podcast because I don't got jack shit to say. I guess I can go over to my site and see if there's any fucking questions I want to answer. But I think I answered all the fucking questions that I wanted to answer that weren't like a whole topic show thing. Um, oh, someone left a comment on my site. You know, lately, whenever I see, oh, you got one comment pending, I think, oh my God, please don't be a fucking asshole. And then, you know, sometimes I click on it, and they're a fucking asshole. And I'm like, I really wish I hadn't clicked on it. It wasn't that bad. But I still kind of wish I hadn't clicked on it, because it kind of annoyed me for reasons I'm not willing to discuss. Anyways, um, where was I? I was going to go over to that stupid page and see if I had anything stupid to talk about. Not that you guys are stupid. I'm just in a mood. I'm just in a terrible mood. Um, it's just... Someone asked me if I was going to be participating in Evil Author Day. Before Evil Author Day happened, someone asked me about it. And I'm like, I think I invented Evil Author Day, sort of. I'm pretty sure I called it Evil Author Day first. Yeah. There was this little thing going around where you took a screenshot of your work in progress folder. And I put on LiveJournal that apparently it was Evil Author Day. So, of course, I'm going to participate in my own fucking holiday. Of course. Nope, nope, nope. That's right. I'm pretty sure I invented it. So, of course, I'm going to participate in it. Anyways. Lady Holder asked me on February 11th. When you are reading, what are the things that can throw you out of a reader trance the fastest? (sighs) Um... Really awkward dialogue. And bad formatting online. In a real book, um, like in a physical book I'm holding in my hand, it isn't going to normally have a formatting problem. Um, I think that... um, When a character does something, when I, when when the good guy does something, I find unforgivable. Which is why, from the very beginning, um, even though you're given the impression that Dumbledore is a good person, from the start of Harry Potter, I didn't like him because he left. Harry on a fucking doorstep. Now, this book was written for kids, and kids don't see the significance of that, but you 
you don't leave an 18-month-old baby on a fucking doorstep in November. He's 18 months old. I don't think it's 15. I used to say 15 too, but I think it's like 18. Is it 15? Why was I saying 18? Hmm. Why was I saying 18? And then I thought 15. And anyways, you you still don't leave. This was a kid that could toddle away. I was walking at 12 months old. I, I developed early. Um, you don't... No. Anyways, something like that can throw me completely out. I'm like, what the fuck do you... What? No, that's not... That's not what you do. <laughs> Jilly says the word shit used in an, um, as an ex- I can't say that word. In an anal sex scene. I think that no matter how you use um, the word shit, it, it has no place being in an anal sex scene. Um... I can't say I haven't done it, though. I mean, I can't say for certain that I haven't, because I'm a foul-mouthed person, so there's every there's every belief that that might have come out of one of my characters' mouth in the middle of a sex scene. I mean, I'm, I'm entirely positive that it probably has, but I understand why it's just a bad idea. It's just a really bad idea. Um... <laughs> it's just a really bad idea. Um... And, um, let's see. And to the opposite, what keeps you in a story? Is it the strength of the story, the construction, the attention to detail? Um, for me, I think that there has to be a story. You have to tell me a story. It can't just be that you have great characters, but there's no plot. Um, I need... You need to make me think and make me work for it, or I'm just not really going to enjoy it. And I won't go back to it. And I'll be like, oh, what the hell were you doing? You, you jumped the Sharknado. I can't, I can't read this anymore. And then I'm done. I'm just, I'm done. Um, let me reply to that with my link address. Da, 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 da. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. There's just like, um, sometimes you, um, you find, um, you find a reader that's just super compelling and it's so easy to, um, get attached to, uh, motherfucker, um, it's so easy to to work your way into a story and then um and then it's really just I don't know it's just what it is what it is what it is I think one of the best stories in um Stargate uh, would be um, the Iowa verse, a farm in Iowa. Um, 
you get so much depth from the characters and the plot, and it moves. And it's got a beautiful movement throughout the the whole series, and um, it's something like that that I really enjoy. I like um, seeing an author's craft at work, and and just being able to immerse myself in 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 what they've given me. And an Iowa, a, a farm in Iowa does that. It's just it's beautiful. I mean, it's. It's it's got movement and grace and um you just you get really invested um and it's, it's something that I really enjoy I I I, I like that I, I like to be um invested Um I'm not sure which came first, Iowa or Nantucket. I I really enjoy Nantucket as well. Um but Iowa the um the farm in Iowa is is definitely my favorite. Um another um one that I really enjoy is the Fair Trade series. Um it's another Earth AU for Stargate. I I really like John's development and the plot and just everything and how it works. Um, my eyebrows twitching. Um, <clears throat> there's another one that I that I really really enjoy and I forget the name of it. Um, John's in Antarctica. Is it Entangled Particles? John's in Antarctica, and he reads a book, and Rodney wrote the book. And when he comes back um, to the States, he sees Rodney um, doing a book signing, um, and they meet. And it's just like, it's. I'm pretty sure it's Entangled Particles or something like that. I really enjoy that story and the sequel. Um, they're both very well done. Um, they're just, there's a lot of... Uh, depth to the plot work and that's something that I really entangled particles uh, as you're saying so um and I like that depth I like that depth I really enjoy um stories that are kind of you know that that skim the surface and they're entertaining in the moment but but they don't stick with me I don't come back to them later and, and want to read them again um but uh that one Antango Particles is a really big one for me. Uh, in Inception, there's a story called The Plurant, P-L-E-U-R-E-N-T, and I uh, wrecked it on um, Slash World, and uh, it it stole me. It it just it it kidnapped me and kept me, and I still to this day think about that story and all of the. Um, just it's just epic it's just this really awesomely tight and concise and beautiful story i highly recommend that too um but i i like to be um seduced as a reader i think 
is, is really what it boils down to. I, I like to be drawn in and, and told a story and 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 when I trust an author to tell me a story, that's really just awesome. And sometimes authors surprise you in in a terrible, no good way. <laughs> and you're like, oh, God, what do I do with that? <laughs> and then you got to let it go. Here's something else I hate. I hate when somebody... um. I I oh I I hate this oh I hate this every once in a while on like a story finder thing um someone will have some vague scene that that they think they remember and they put all these details in there and there will be something genuinely fucked up in it and I'll be damned if someone doesn't come along and say well it could I haven't read it or I haven't read it in a very long time but I heard. That this could be ties that bind. I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. Now, granted, there are some hardcore stuff in ties that bind, but um, I guess about a year ago, I saw one where um, someone recommended it. Um, for someone looking for abuse fix. And I'm like, what the, what I had to get up and walk away. <laughs> I had to walk away. Oh my god. Um is if if anything ties it behind might be um something that someone might um categorize as abuse recovery. In a weird way. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it for someone. I don't know. I just wouldn't recommend it as um, for an abuse survivor, especially someone who had been abused in a um, dominant, submissive situation. I just wouldn't recommend it because um, it, that's just not what it's there for. It's it's not. Um, but, yeah, you know, that really pisses me off. I want to believe that, Sorka, that it was just about Sam, but I don't think so. I think a lot of people equate BDSM with abuse, and there's no... That's all bullshit. <laughs> I'm just I'm really annoyed. <laughs> just really, really annoyed. So, you know, um, that happened, and... Um, other things that piss me off. I hate it when people um, email me um, or comment, and what they're they're pretending to be confused about something I've said or written in a fic, but what they're really doing is like passive aggressively nitpicking me. I don't understand what you meant here. Motherfucker, you know that's a fucking typo. You know it. But instead of saying that, manning up and, you know, nitpicking me for real, you're going to fucking, like, act like you're confused. 
so I can clear up your confusion. But what you're really doing is just pointing out my mistake for your own fucking benefit. That's what nitpicking is. You're just pointing out somebody else's mistakes to make you feel better. It's not constructive. I double-birded that person. No regrets. I don't understand. I do. I do understand, actually. And Julie and I talked about this before, um, that um, people who do that kind of shit, they don't have any other way of contributing to fandom. (laughs) So they do that shit to um, contribute. And when people like me don't appreciate their contributions, they get all bent out of shape. Well, you can go fuck yourself. Or as Justin Bieber recently put out, you can go love yourself. That's not nearly as satisfying as go fuck yourself. But I understand why he put that the way he did in his song. And the other, that's the really also terrible thing is that I've been listening to that song on the fucking radio for the past two weeks. And I really enjoyed it and didn't know it was Justin Bieber until Lady Holder ruined it for me. By pointing it out on Facebook that it was Justin Bieber. Now I feel terrible for having liked it. I I feel like I've made a mistake. This is my first world problem of the hour. <laughs> and no lube. But you know, it's just I really don't have shit to talk about. I'm just in a really foul mood and I'm tired and I can't like cross my legs because my fucking legs hurt when I do and I can't cross my feet with the ankles because it presses my ankles together and then they hurt. And it's just, I'm a little whiny over here a little bit and um, it's just all bleh. And I'd take a nap, but I already took a nap today. And it's almost time for bed anyway. So it's not going to be more like a nap. It's going to be going to bed early for me anyway. I'm just in a really, 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 really foul mood. What do you mean you don't like slice of life fix? <laughs> I uh, what do I mean? I, I what do we don't like them? You know, I uh, I read something story once where there are thirty pages devoted to a shopping trip. Like every can of tomatoes was mused over, and I think there was a story after the shopping trip. I don't know, but I just that kind of slice of life. I just I lose it. I just I zone out. I can't stay in it. You know, I can't focus. There's nothing for me to hold on to. <laughs> you know, I, I it's like, you know, I, I wonder if I wonder if John likes this stewed tomatoes or crushed tomatoes. It's like uh, oh <laughs> can't deal. <laughs> now see my first thought was, well it depends on what you're cooking. Because <laughs> they both morning. have their purposes. It's like, if we're going to do a slice-of-life shopping trip, let's talk about, should I use American butter or European butter for the buttercream? I can deal with that. 
the wife is great i mean i don't have i think that some is um is good but when the whole you know you talked about having a story to hold on to when when there's just kind of nothing to to me when the story is just the grocery like trip. movement through a day and i can't quite grasp the point um <laughs> <laughs> other than it was a day you know, because, like, you could argue um, – actually, I had this discussion with somebody once. They said, you know, like, Harry's shopping trips could arguably be the size of life. I said, no, no, I disagree because there's a point to them. I mean, you're writing a wrong there, right? You know, that's why right. we get so we get so excited about them, right? You know, my trip to the grocery store, like, you know, this is why people get really irritated with people who, like, you know, post a picture of every single meal or – you know, every movement of their day is documented in social media, and they're like, come on. <laughs> Point? Was something interesting about this meal over the last one? Oh, this one was prettier than breakfast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you obviously bought that instead of having and making it yourself. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And we all have that cousin who documents every moment of her, his or her day on Facebook or, or, or Instagram or whatever, and it's, you know, we all just kind of, you know, roll our eyes and unfollow them because we can't bear it anymore. And to me, that's what some some stories are like, is, you know, it's like, what, what's the what's the, what's the point, what's the thrust, what's the goal, what's the, you know, I can hear it in my head, what's the GMC of this story, because I don't get it. <laughs> I have a cousin who's... um pregnant for the third time but she's acting like uh, she's the only woman to have ever done it ever and like every moment of her pregnancy is documented on instagram she takes a picture every morning of her bump and she's been doing it since she found out she was pregnant at like two months along confirmation came out came the pictures of her belly i have seen this girl's belly every fucking day for eight and a half months oh my because my mother keeps sharing the Instagram pictures on her Facebook wall. And I asked her, I said, why the fuck are you doing this? She says, I'm just trying to support her. I was like, you need to stop. You're just encouraging the madness. <laughs> this is and not twice of this. worse when the fucking kid gets here. I mean. Oh, it's going to be horrible. You're going to go crazy. And and you, and then won't you feel? And then people are going to cast you in the role of the bad guy because you didn't ooh and ah over the twelfth picture today. I know, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just really hoping there are no pictures of the birth. Doesn't that like violate Instagram's um, user agreement? I hope so. Oh, they'll find another way. So I, I have a I have a cousin who uh, this is this is for Instagram, but. Um, they they documented every moment of that birth on on in, in photos, and well, sort of. I I actually wish they had documented a few more moments of it, because you know the stack of photos had to be two and a half, three inches thick, right? And they hand it to they hand it to me. They're like, here, check it out. And you're like, going, do I have to? <laughs> but it's like everybody has to be the good person, and you're flipping through these things in chronological order. It's like, okay, 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 okay. She's naked now. Okay, okay. Well, you really were just wandering around naked, weren't you? 
Um, and this is all this is all labor, right? There's no there's nothing. And then there's this picture. She's you know getting into laying down the bed finally. And oh, then no. the, the next shot is of the afterbirth, <laughs> and it's this rudest transition from she's lying down to. And I was like, what the hell? She said, oh, you know, her husband got so excited that he forgot to take any pictures of the actual birth, but he didn't want to, like, miss everything. So he took pictures of the next thing that came out. Oh. <laughs> oh, that is just really fucking terrible and wrong. You see, this, this is, is my biggest fear. You. I don't want to see her vagina. Well, um... Just reconcile yourself to it now, because you're gonna. <laughs> and for those of you who are on Facebook who recently saw a picture of the hedgehog I bought on Rural Story, yes, the name of my farm is Bitchy Farms. I don't. That's what it's called, Bitchy Farms. It used to be called Harvest My Fucking Trees because nobody visiting my farm would harvest my fucking trees. I'm just saying. And I don't have a problem. Not yet, anyway. But my mom, you know, she's a big-name fan on um, Farmtown. <laughs> or a big-name player. When you, you, when you reach, you know, B&B status on Farmtown, yeah, that you got, you, you've got you uh, got some serious time invested. She's a fucking billionaire. She's got like 40 or something farms. It's ridiculous. My husband says, how does your mother have so many friends on Facebook? I said, yeah, she's got more than me. He says, it's like that cult personality you have is con- is genetic. I said, I don't have a... Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> because maybe I do <laughs> have a little bit of a cult personality. <laughs> Just... But I don't know what that is. I don't know, I don't know how that happens. It isn't something... Um, I've never had a problem making friends. Um, I can go into... I used to change schools regularly. And um, I would go into a school and... I would have friends. They wouldn't always be... I didn't like popular kids, though. I didn't like those kids. Um, as a rule. I just... I really didn't like them. <sighs> But um, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. My grandmother was that way, too. She had a very uh, engaging manner about her. And um, whenever she was someplace, everybody else just gathered around her. You know I'm sitting here thinking about all the episodes on Criminal Minds that have dealt with cult leaders, right? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not a crazy one. <laughs> Neither or if they. I am, Or if I am, it's not the kind of crazy that's going to you know, have you guys drinking Kool-Aid. <laughs> Well, there might be some Kool-Aid, but it's probably just going to have vodka in it. Right, yeah, you know, vodka, because I'm not about poisoning anybody. You could be rest assured if I ever kill somebody, it's going to be violently. Yeah, there's going to be none of that hands-off stuff. (laughs) I'm just saying, it's going to be... (laughs) Go big or go home. No, we can't put rum in Kool-Aid, that's gross. 
Just rum. Just rum. No Kool-Aid. Just, just rum is fine. Just rum is awesome, but not rum and Kool-Aid. But yeah, you. you should put white liquors in Kool-Aid. Um, um, tequila and vodka. But you don't want to put maybe gin. But you don't want to put. And this is just my college alcoholic talking. You don't want to put a dark liquor in a fruity kind of drink. At least I don't. And I wouldn't put a white liquor in a soda either. No, no. But I will put um, rum or Crown and Coke. Just saying. We're grossing some people out with the with the with the minion cocktails. <laughs> I'm just saying. Blue Kool Aid no less. Blue Kool Aid? No I'm just thinking <laughs> strawberry Kool Aid. You're such a weirdo. <laughs> <sighs> Today I got so cold and I could not get warm no matter what I did. And I pile, I had my electric blanket on and I I, I piled all my covers on, and then I piled my husband's covers on. Because it's, that's right there. I'm going to give you guys a secret to a good marriage. While it is perfectly okay to share, like, say, a duvet, when it comes to your bed, instead of putting, like, a king-size sheet on, put two full or two single sheets on your bed, and then give each person in the bed their own blanket. And then you can cover that all up with the duvet, you know, when when, when and if you decide to make your bed, Um, which, come on, (laughs) I don't do that unless the bug man's coming. (laughs) Um, uh, It's really good marriage um, maintenance because we used to fight like cats and dogs over the covers, and now we don't because we each have our own. I am um, making notes, and I'm sending this to my mother because I spent all of the holidays listening to, you pulled all the blankets off my side of the bed again last night. And I, like, I can't listen to this one more year. So, yeah, I mean, seriously, I have, um, actually, I have a queen-size bed, and um, there are, uh, I I buy a flat sheet that's the, king, the queen, and then I buy two uh, standard flat sheets, and then... Um, we each have our own um, fleece blanket, and you know they're all flattened out when the bed's made, and then you just cover it with the duvet. And we might share the duvet, but we don't share the other blankets, and it really cuts down on the arguing. And I haven't hit him in my sleep in years. <laughs> but the problem comes is my husband is a burrito sleeper. Mm. And for those of you who've never slept with a burrito, let me tell you what happens. He will tuck one edge of the covers under his hip and then roll up in it. <coughs> and sleep like a corpse. It will never not be creepy. <laughs> now, I am... A starfish. 
And normally I got one foot sticking out <laughs> because that's my temperature regulator. <laughs> if I'm hot, my foot goes out. If I'm cold, my foot goes in. <laughs> I knew this guy when I was, oh, God, I was, oh, this must have been 20 years ago. And uh, every night this was his position sleeping. He'd lie on his back, cross his ankles, cross his arms over his chest, and sleep all night in that position. He was like some kind of freaky, creepy mummy. (laughs) The first time. I could do that, but it's weird. The first time I spent the night with my husband, I woke up in the middle of the night. He was laying there, and I actually checked to make sure he was still breathing. Because it is creeptastic. (laughs) It's just like, I'm going to poke them, make sure they're still breathing. This is creepy as fuck. Yes, Azure, I dated Dracula. That was apparently what was going on. I can't wear socks to bed. It they they come off and they slip and they get weird and, and then they end up at the bottom of my bed, tucked in the bottom of the sheet the sheet and then I lose them and it feels very I mean I'm on I'm gonna lay down a confession for you guys. I sleep in as little as possible. Most of the time, that means nothing. Because clothes are restrictive. <laughs> and they get all twisted up. And you have your shirt all up under your armpits. And your pants or your underwear are all twisted around your ass. And it's just ridiculous. It's good for you to sleep naked. I feel better when I sleep naked. I used to sleep naked. What changed? <laughs> Two medical emergencies in the middle of the night having oh. to get hauled out of my house and in the buff. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 would do it. Make, no, it I would said, do it. No, I, it, no, they no. were close together. But I said I, I need a five years to get over this trauma, and then I can go back to sleeping in the nude. <laughs> I'm still working on the five years. You could always just put a gown near the end of the bed so you can grab it. Yeah, when you're unconscious, when you're unconscious and you wake up and there's like, this is what happened because I, I wasn't feeling good. Like something's going wrong, and I called out for help. And then it was like, uh, the first time I was like, I wake up and there's paramedics there, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm naked. (laughs) My first thought because my last thought was, oh, I'm not feeling good, and my next thought was, I'm naked and there are people here. Um. Hmm. And they're not particularly concerned about covering me up either. An <laughs> <laughs> easier access. They're like, thank exactly. God. They're like, wow, we don't have to do any work to get to all of the bits and bobs. Day <laughs> like, okay. and bobs. So, yeah, so I, I said five years, I'll be over this, and then I can uh, move on with my life. And then it happened again. So. <laughs> <laughs> So reset the clock. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I admit, I actually, for years and years and years, I slept naked, and then it was like all of a sudden, I was like, hmm, nightgowns suddenly have some appeal. I never understood it before. I thought, I mean, to me, nightgowns were loungewear, right? That was what you wore when you walked in the door. And I'm you, uh, wearing one right now. <laughs> you stripped off your bra, you took off your bra, you took off your shoes, and you went right for the nightgown, right? Yeah. 
Now, here's something weird about me. Here's something weird. If I'm wearing a T-shirt that's kind of short, and like if I bent over, it would show my butt, I have to wear panties. Otherwise, I feel feel like weirdly vulnerable. More vulnerable than I would be if I was actually naked. I agree. There is something. There is something about that that feels a little weird. What is yeah. that? It, it, it I don't feels, know. And I don't like seeing anybody that way either. Like in movies or something, it makes me deeply uncomfortable. Put your pants on. Or t- or just take your shirt off first, <laughs> and then I won't be freaked out. Shirts <laughs> off first. This is a rule. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It, it it really bothers me. It it just it really bothers me, and I can't explain. It's just a really. Um, I get deeply uncomfortable if my butt is showing, and I'm wearing a t-shirt. I feel like I have to put on panties or just go take all off in. The shirt. <laughs> We're all in today. Yeah, because it's just I I can't. I I literally have no explanation for it. It's just it's just a weirdness. No, I get. I had bought. I bought these. uh, I got this nightgown, and I bought, and it looked perfect. You know, sort of. It said it said it was a chemise. In my defense, that's what it said, which is usually the length that I like, so about mid thigh, and um, it comes, and this thing is above my butt. So this is this is maybe baby doll length, right? And I was like. Okay, I know I'm tall, but I'm not like that. I'm not off by that much. And uh, I tried wearing it as a nightgown. I just couldn't deal. <laughs> I could not deal with having my ass hanging out with this nightgown. So it was. Uh, uh, they got a pair of shorts to go with it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a craziness. It's just, um, and it could be something that I, um, that my grandma. Instilled in me. I don't know where it comes from, but I just my butt can't be showing. Like if my dress is too short, I wear tights just in case. So my butt don't hang out. (laughs) You know, sometimes sometimes you have short you know comments make your brain go to jump to something sort of tangentially related. So you know, sometimes people just have different perspectives on things, and. um, I, so my, my a friend of ours, my sister and mine, is going out for a date, and she was she was the I I, I applauded her body confidence. This girl wore the shortest skirts I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, they were very very short. So she's going out on a date, and um, she comes back, and we're like, "How'd it go?" She goes, "Well, he picked me up in a motorcycle, and I wasn't quite prepared for that." I was like, "Oh yeah, that's going to be rough with as short as your skirt is." And she goes, "Oh, that wasn't the problem." I was like, okay, well, what was the problem? And uh, she says, he kept sitting on my pubes. And my sister said, <laughs> so my sister's perspective, she immediately says, why weren't you wearing panties? And I immediately went, how long are your pubes? <laughs> Both of these questions are relevant. What were the answers? <laughs> she says, well, she said, well, I, I never wear panties. They don't look good under a mini skirt. And I was like, okay, you're not sitting on my couch anymore because you're always in that skirt. Girl, <laughs> what the fuck? If I had this immediate couch trauma, like, I need to steam clean the couch because she was over all the time in those skirts, and she apparently never wore underwear with them. Oh, God. Um, and then to the PM, she goes, like, well, you know, I mean, 
she says, I, I don't think much about, you know, how long it gets until it's, you know, in the way. And I was like, well, if someone can sit on it, <laughs> I think that it, maybe that qualifies as in the um, way. In the way, yeah. Um, I guess as long as you can't sit on it, maybe it's not uh, bugging you. <laughs> I was like, you know, and I asked my sister later, I said, is it rude if I put towels down whenever she comes over? <laughs> I would not care if it was rude. I would put one of those grandma plastic covers over my couch. Fuck the towel. <laughs> well, I don't. Now, see, here's something that, that's something that would, um, my grandma would come up out of the grave. Um, I have never, and I don't often wear underwear, to be perfectly honest, um, but if I'm wearing a skirt, no matter what the length of the skirt is, whether it's on my knees or I'm dragging it on the ground behind me, I am wearing underwear. <laughs> you bet your ass I'm wearing underwear. <laughs> that stuff's covered. Yeah, it's just uh hmm. Yeah, I got rid of that couch. <laughs> I don't blame you. I would have too. And I definitely would have covered the next one with plastic. I mean I would I would totally own that old grandma thing. I, I would. Fuck it. One of my one of my father's mother had a plastic couch cover that she deployed only when kids were in her house. Barbara, yes, they do. She says long skirts do not require underwear. All skirts require underwear. All skirts. Don't. <laughs> I don't consider a kilt a skirt. It's a kilt. It's a kilt. <laughs> Here, I'll admit to the horribly embarrassing moment. So, I wore a long skirt on a plane, maxi skirt, like you know, down to the ankles. Mm-hmm. I was wearing underwear. Fortunately, I was wearing underwear. This was uh, this was quite a while ago, and um, the skirt actually got caught in itself at the waistband, uh-huh. um, in the back, and I didn't notice. I did not notice, and I walked all the way through coach with my skirt tucked up in the back <laughs> and my zebra striped panties on display. Thank you very much. And nobody says anything until some little old lady comes running up the aisle and comes right up behind me. And she she says, you know, she's trying to save me embarrassment, so she's sort of traumatizing me when she puts her hands on my ass because she's trying to get my skirt down. <laughs> you got felt up by Grandma. <laughs> So, yes, you should always, 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 always have something on underneath that skirt. I have a thing about um, tags that stick up on people's shirts. Mm-hmm. About six months ago, I was in Target, and there was this man. He kept walking past me and had that fucking tag up on his shirt. And finally, I walked up to him and said, sir, I can't help myself. Hold on. Hold still. And I tucked this tag in, and he laughed his ass off. And I said, you just can't walk around like that. <laughs> it was driving me crazy. How could he not feel that? It was like right there on his neck. It's so weird. People are so weird. How do you not feel that? I cut the tags out of my shirt because they pissed me off. 
anyways, I might have issues. <laughs> I used to cut the tags out of my shirts, and I kept a um, a spreadsheet with all the washing instructions because I didn't want to forget uh, <laughs> how to how to tend to my clothing properly. So I actually had a spreadsheet with the you know the color of the garment, the type of garment it was, and the and the and the, and the manufacturer so me I could figure out who that was and it was just it was this whole OCD thing that just went got way out of control <laughs> and then they started printing on a lot of the brands I wear they started printing mm-hmm. the label on the clothing and I went oh yeah. I, 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 but you know that stuff washes off eventually so mm-hmm. you know and I still don't some of my shirts I have no idea how to care for them so I just go well I'll just assume it can be washed and can't be dry that's my <laughs> that's my default setting See, Barbara, that's why you have to wear real underwear with your skirt. Because stuff gets tucked up and then you'd be showing the whole world your ass. I'm just saying. You gotta wear underwear with a skirt. Although sometimes, sometimes showing your ass might be slightly preferable than some underwear. <laughs> True. Also, if you're wearing really, really super tight pants. Even if you got a panty line, you need to wear underwear because if you bend over, <laughs> <laughs> and your butt is more than those pants can handle, you don't want to show everybody your ass crack. Okay, <laughs> it's just that's because it's gonna crack right down the middle. That's where the seam is. So you don't mm-hmm. want to show the whole world your ass crack. Okay. <clears throat> I went to sh- I went to work once without a- without my shirt on, um, which sounds improbable I I know, but um, it was winter and I was in a real rush, and I often because you know at the time this was a time in my life when I was wearing a lot I was wearing makeup so I would get dressed, you know except for my shirt so I didn't get makeup on my shirt you know so I would do my makeup last and then put my shirt on and I was running really late. And I got my bra on, and I put my makeup on, and then I realized the time. I went and grabbed my coat and left. And I get to the office, and the first thing I'm supposed to be doing is going into a meeting and giving a presentation. And I'm wearing a fairly heavy coat. And I unzip it, and I was like, ooh, <laughs> uh, what am I going to do? That's <laughs> <laughs> my personal nightmare. I have no shirt. And... uh and I was like, and the thing is, in in the building, in this coat, I was starting to sweat. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. It, it would look ridiculous in this big old coat too, going up and doing this presentation, this giant coat. And and so I was like, what am I going to do? How do I explain? How do I get out of this situation? <laughs> and finally, I just went into my boss and I said, I can't do this presentation this morning. Somebody else has to do it. And he said, Why? And I said, Well, it's kind of personal, but I got to run home. I'll be back in like an hour. And he said, okay, I, I got more and have more information. I said, I forgot to put my shirt on. <laughs> he said, hey, he says, um, okay, that's enough. You can go. <laughs> we don't ever need to talk about this again. <laughs> and from then on, I kept the T-shirt at the office. How do you – that's just the most amazing thing I've ever heard. I used to have nightmares that I would go, I would go somewhere and be naked. Like, like I would forget to get dressed. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be worse. I know it's possible. Great, thanks. You you've really ramped up my phobia of being naked in public. <laughs> Sorry. 
kind of naked on the job. There was actually a day where we actually had somebody naked on the job. They had a, a nervous breakdown, and uh, uh, we were in a lab. We're sitting. We worked in a lab at the time, and there was like ten or twelve of us in the lab. And he just suddenly stands up, takes all of his clothes off, and sits back down and goes back to work, butt naked. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that one of those moments where everybody's just like staring at each other, like, "Do we, we say doing? something or do we go back to work?" And like nobody knew what to do. So I'm gonna give you some advice, everybody. If somebody's dick is in the wind, you need to call somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so they went to go get the. So I, I I looked to one of the guys at the door and I said, "Go get a manager." And um, he runs off. He gets the as close to being a granny in in, in the in the company as we had. So, not someone, you know, so she she had that whole grandma vibe about her. And she comes in, and I don't think she understands. When you know, He's like, he took off his clothes, and he seems, like, he seems okay, but something's not right because he took off his clothes. I don't think she got that he was naked. So she walks in, and she realizes that he's buck naked. And she goes, young man, you put your clothes on right now. And she's slapping her hands together, you know, like, put your clothes together right now. What is the matter with you? And she's shaking her finger at him, and she just kind of like, like just he's a naughty puppy. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just got her finger in his face, and she's just ranting at him. <laughs> this is not the um, response you need to give somebody who's taking off all their clothes in public. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> so I, I actually had got on the phone when she came in and called someone who was, I thought maybe a little bit more level-headed and. They said, you know, I don't need to come down there. I'm calling. I'm calling for um, 911 because this is way outside of any of our ability to deal with. So they they hauled him off. But yeah, it was it was one of those weirder moments where you go, huh? Yeah, stuff happens like this. I guess I'm just not going to look. <laughs> and do I stay here and keep working or? I really want to leave. That's my my inclination. Is I, I want to be out of here right now. <laughs> but evacuation. <laughs> but he seems like he's just working. Well, you keep going, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate your dedication to your job during the middle of your mental breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> but it would be perfectly okay if you took a personal day. <laughs> Mm. And so from then on, remember the day we had the naked person in the lab? Yes, we all remember the day we had the naked person in the lab. <laughs> Were you here when we had the naked guy in the lab? Yeah. No, no, I wasn't here. What naked guy? <laughs> that sort of was the benchmark of how long you had been with the company. Is Were you here when naked guy? Were you before or after naked guy? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. Let's see. The craziest. I used to, um, when I was in college, I uh, waited tables in a variety of places. And um, I once walked in on a co-worker jerking off. In um, the freezer. In, in the freezer? The walk-in freezer. 
And I didn't know whether to be impressed or horrified, so I was both. Um, I just, I, <laughs> I backed out, I, closed the door, and I turned to my friend who was going to help me take some um, fruit out of this particular, um, we were going to be, it was kind of frozen berries we were looking for to make like a, a cobbler. And, um, I turned around and I said, um, so-and-so's in there. He's going to need a minute. <laughs> um, and because he's not told it is, maybe more than a minute. I don't even, I'm like, and he came out and I was just like, dude, really? And to he's this fighting, day. He's fighting biology in that freezer. <laughs> to, to this day, I wonder if that was just like some kind of weird necrophilia kink. Heck, who thinks freezer? Yeah. That he waited until he got cold and it turned him on? I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I keep having horrible ideas of what things to do with weirdos in, in some kind of criminal mind story or something. It's some weirdo nut job who likes to crawl into like those autopsy drawers and beat off. <laughs> that's like a total of no that needs to be on NCIS just so you <laughs> picture Gibbs being told this <laughs> and they have to get collect the evidence from in there you know he would not... be like he did what <laughs> <laughs> there's not enough coffee in the world for Jethro Gibbs to deal with that he was like I'm gonna go upstairs I can't <laughs> I'm going back home. I, you know, this <laughs> is weird enough that me. this is weird enough that Tony can handle it. <laughs> I'll be back in Mexico if you need me. Because I am not putting up with this shit. <laughs> oh God, that's really hilarious. But um, I used to know. I used to know a couple, and this is terrible. And I wouldn't say it if, um, I'm going to say it, um, if I thought that they would hear it. Okay. Um, but even as I do, I really don't care because they're not my friends anymore. Okay, here's the thing. I used to know this couple, and she would take really, really cold baths because it turned him on when she was cold. <sighs> okay. I said, how cold? She said, well, sometimes we get ice from the store. I said, shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Hmm. I said, you know what that is, right? And she said, yeah, it's necrophilia, but he's not fucking dead people. I said, yet. <laughs> I said, here's hoping you stay cold enough while you're alive. <laughs> I'm just saying. And that if something what? happens to you, that you remain in your intact state. Here's my thing. Um, I don't have a penis, but I don't... I I feel like if I did, I would appreciate something warm versus something cold. Yeah, and you also probably would not be trying to stick it in everything imaginable to see 
what this feels like. Except for perhaps that whole cantaloupe thing, because I have to admit I'm kind of curious. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I mean, was that that whole thing about that rash, people getting it stuck in toasters going on for a while there? that? I mean, why a toaster? Come on. What is the fantasy there? Griddle marks? (laughs) (laughs) Griddle marks? Oh, my God. I just don't. Don't put it in things that you, you know. No. It was me who, um, yes, who passed along that whole grapefruit blowjob thing. I saw on YouTube and shared a great deal. Um, I have no regrets. Um, I have not tried it because, as fun as that is to think about, I don't think food actually belongs in the bedroom. <laughs> Food? Oh, no. <laughs> There's just no food in the bedroom. It's sticky and it's big cleanup and ugh. You mess up your sheets. Um, more than sex does, anyway. Uh, if if you don't know what the grapefruit blowjob is, go to YouTube and put grapefruit blowjob in the search box. You won't have a problem finding it. And make sure to put your headphones on. You don't want to listen to that. <laughs> Without headphones. I promise you don't want to listen to the grapefruit blowjob without headphones. My issue with my issue with food and sex is that when I was in my young early twenties, you know, there's always somebody that thinks they want to try. I was much more game for trying stuff when I was younger, you know. So like, okay, I haven't tried that, sure, why not? Let's try that. And um, you know, they want to try the the whole chocolate sauce and whipped cream thing. I was like, okay, we can try that. No, no, I only needed that once to know that no, because for starters, I don't want to move after sex. You know, that is my prime nap time. <laughs> and when you have chocolate sauce and whipped cream, no, after sex now becomes prime shower time, and that's just not my goal. And sheet, sheet changing time. It's like, change the sheets, take a shower. Oh, I've still got chocolate sauce in my ear. How did that happen? No. I just, <laughs> I just it, it just ceases to be fun. And just frankly, being licked that much, it just gets to the point of like, oh, come on. You're not a cat. Stop it. <laughs> I, okay, um... I try to be respectful of people's kinks as as long as it doesn't involve animals and children. Um, But uh, I find pony play too amusing to take seriously. (laughs) Especially if there's like a tail. You know the dildo with the horse tail. Mm-hmm. I, 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 <laughs> I can't, I can't maintain. There's an episode of Bones where they go to this um, pony play farm, basically, because someone killed one of the ponies. Now this is a person, okay, who acts like a pony. Um, I laughed my ass off through that whole episode. I could not. I just can't get my. I just can't get my head around it. I'm. That's pitiful. Puppy plays the same. Um, I just, 
I don't... I find it very degrading for people to pretend to be animals. And, yeah, the actress who plays Teldy was one of the um, writers. (laughs) It was her pony that got killed. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I'm reminded of that, that pony porn picture of Thor in the pink hooves. Have you seen that? No. I'll find it and put it on Facebook. Um, It's Chris Hemsworth dressed up like a pink horse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, the funny thing is sometimes things just strike you the wrong way. And it's like you can be totally respectful of people's kinks. Because respect for me is like you have the right to do whatever the hell you're going to do. And if you want to have sex in jello, you know, go get you that kiddie pool and make a bunch of jello. I fully support your right to do that. I'm going to laugh, but I fully support your right to do that because it's kind of amusing. There's this lady in the one of the dungeons I used to go to that it was it was I don't know if it was part of a like a humiliation vibe with her her submissive who I I, I believe they were also married. Um but or if it was just she was trying to be cost effective and doing double duty with her toys or what but she never used anything but kitchen implements and so her paddles were like frying pans <laughs> and when, she, when she'd bust out the skittle and <laughs> the 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 you know and start spanking her submissive <laughs> she just would have to turn around and go somewhere else because for some reason it always struck me as kind of absurd you know when the frying pan would come out you know um <laughs> Tiger, I, I would have had to have left too. I could not have stayed and not laughed. My, I was just, I was just, I was like, is, is that a, is that a frying pan? Because <laughs> that was her face. She had like three to four different size frying pans, and those are her, those are her primary paddles were the frying pans. And so the first time I'm in the, you know, in the in the dungeon, and and, I, and you hear all this clanking, and you you hear clanking from people's bags. You heard a lot of clanking from her bag, and um. Out comes this big old frying pan, and I was like, "Is that a is that a twelve inch skillet?" <laughs> I don't know if I'm now. I'm trying. I'm kind of biting my lip and going. I'm I'm a little bit impressed about you know because that wow that looks like it hurts, but I'm still trying not to laugh. And <laughs> I I think a wooden spoon is one thing. A twelve inch skillet is another. <laughs> And somebody told me they told me that one time she had brought a cast iron pan. I was like, okay, that's like you know that's like kitchen edge play, man. But how does she swing that for more than a couple of seconds? <laughs> I know, right? You get you gotta really appreciate her upper body strength. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the kitchen, I this is a, not my embarrassing moment, but somebody else's embarrassing moment. But it won't matter because she won't hear this. Um, I went over to a friend's house about five years ago. And um, we were talking and chatting, and we had lunch, and I offered to put the dishes in in the dishwasher. And she said, yeah, sure, thanks. I appreciate that. And I opened it up, and she says, oh, wait, it's too late. (laughs) There's sex toys in there. (laughs) Yep, whole top shelf dedicated to dildos and butt plugs. And I'm like, (laughs) 
I looked at her, and she's like, she's like 13 shades of red, right? She's just like ridiculously red. And I'm like, I had no idea your sex life was so varied. Congratulations. I said, should I put these on the bottom rack, or are you going to clean these out first? (laughs) She told me to kiss her ass. But, yeah, I mean, you know, she was really embarrassed. I was really amused. She made a really awesome Cobb salad, though. (laughs) Just saying. There's actually, I think, a book about making um, sex toys from stuff at home. But, you know, that's there's there's do-it-yourself, and then there's, you know, just going straight for the lodge cookware. Um, <laughs> the spatulas and the spoons, I even get a wooden spoon. I get that. It's like a kind of a mommy vibe. I just don't get the 12-inch skillet. <laughs> I don't know what you would do with a whisk. I mean, uh, I've seen people have whisks, but I mean... I do. I got, I got a terrible, I got a terrible mental image with that. I got a terrible uh, mental image too, but I just, I just can't. I mean, it just doesn't seem practical. Yeah, it seems like it might do damage. But, mm. I mean, you might be able to use it as a little bit like, okay, so you like start at the, where the where the ends are a little bit broader, you know, where it's open. Like put a nipple in there and then tighten it down a little bit, a little twisting. But that's, you know, there are tools that are much smaller and, you know, a little easier to wield than a whisk. I think a silicone whisk <laughs> or nipple would be play. a dangerous insert. Hmm? I have a silicone whisk that would be, you know, not as dangerous to insert. Very true. Uh, but I wouldn't recommend inserting a metal one. I mean. I th- there there are things made for that, okay? There's plenty of sex toy stores you can go to. There's very knowledgeable staff in these stores. They won't treat you like you're a freak. If you tell them you want a vibrating butt plug, they will show you a collection of vibrating butt plugs so you can pick one out that you will enjoy. I'm just saying... You don't have to resort to kitchen appliances. (laughs) Or vegetables. (laughs) Because cucumbers break. Keep that in mind, people. Cucumbers break. And you don't want to be the person who is at the hospital, you know, getting that removed. Removed. You be a dinner um, conversation for some nurse for the next 15 years. mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I was getting busy, and I got a little enthused, and I sat up, and oops, that cucumber just snapped right in half, and uh, I can't get it back. (laughs) You just don't want to have that conversation. That would be like my worst nightmare, having to go to the doctor to get something like that removed. Mm-hmm. I once had to have a condom removed. That's probably easily my most embarrassing experiment, experience because um, I was really mortified. And 
Because um, he told me, I we we don't, there's, the condom is missing. I'm like, what do you mean the condom is missing? <laughs> this is what? No, the condom is not missing. The condom was definitely missing. And, I, of course, I did the mining effort. <laughs> and to the point where I actually made myself sore. And there was no recovering this condom. So I go, so I, so I call my doctor the first thing the next day. And um, I said I talked to the nurse. And I said I need to come in, like now, immediately, as quickly as possible. And she was like, "Why?" I said, "Because I lost the condom, and um, it still hasn't come out yet. Because sometimes they'll just kind of migrate out on their own if you lose one. Um, I had that happen once. Um, that when I that when my, when my muscles relaxed, it just kind of slid out. Um, this was not happening with this. And she says, "Okay, okay, come on in, come on in." <laughs> She gives me up in the stirrups, and she says, oh, honey, no wonder you couldn't find it. It was behind your cervix. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's probably, the, that is as horrifying and as embarrassing as that situation is for a woman to lose something up there. Because women do lose, they, they get tampons, the string breaks off, and they can't get it out, and, you know, stuff happens. you got to call your friend, and you, and you all have that one friend that will help you dig out a, t- a tampon. That's right. You got that one person who'll do, it, you know, who who will help you out of that situation, so you don't have to deal with public humiliation. But, you know, as horrifying as that situation is, it is perfectly understandable. These things happen, and it's run of the mill for medical professionals to deal professionals to deal with that kind of stuff. You know, the I lost four heads of ginger up there. I can't get it back. <laughs> That's not every day. Oh my God! Do you know how much that would hurt? Uh, I actually would have no. I have no idea, and I don't want to find out. Look, I um took a very small piece of ginger and put it on a place for like thirty seconds, and I still have nightmares about it. It would be like having lava in your orifice, whatever orifice it was. It would be like lava. I mean, thinking sounds awfully, um, as as kinks go, people go, oh, that doesn't sound all that kinky. Uh, It's terribly kinky. It's terribly edgy, you know, to have somebody put, especially dick figging. You know, you put a little piece of ginger in somebody's urethra. That, that's that, that's a really edge play. I mean, that's some harsh shit. That's some harsh shit. Um, for those of you who don't know what figging is, it's best that you don't know. Don't Google it. <laughs> Save yourself. <laughs> Although there's a really awesome um, Inception fic where um, Arthur does that to Ames, and it is hot as hell. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very, uh, like I said, but it's very edgy. People, I, I think people think it doesn't sound like, if you haven't experienced um, ginger juice on, a, on an intimate part of you, um, it, Yeah. I try, I tr- I because I wanted to, you know, I tried it on a, uh, an external part, and I had the uh, the realization that I would never be okay with that being internal ever. Yeah, mine was external no. too, but it was a a damp place. 
Um, and um, I, no, no, absolutely not. I was just curious. I was just curious. We all, you know, we all get curious. Um, no. I sat in the bathtub, and I'm not someone who sits in the bathtub for an hour <laughs> just to make sure everything would be okay. <laughs> what should I do? Does this need baking soda? What does it need to neutralize it? I don't care what it is. I will get it. I will I will sit in a baking soda bath. I will get Epsom salts. I don't care. Just make it stop. I will sit in ice water. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I would have to do, I will sit in it. But um, no, um, yeah. So I would definitely say that that ginger um is definitely edge play, and I'm not kidding about it being like lava. It would be like lava in an orifice. It would kind of like that scene in Dune where a dude sticks his hand in the box and he thinks his hands on fire and he's screaming and screaming and screaming, but then he pulls his hand out and it's okay. That is exactly what it would be like. <laughs> You would think whatever you've got it in was literally on fire. And then it doesn't stop when you remove it. I'm just saying. Mm. I read a story where they, um, the story was into urethral sounding, which also is something that's a little bit, a little bit edgier. Um, and used, um, not use use ginger juice on the sounds. Oh God! I just made my eyes cross. <laughs> I know. I, you know, I don't have I don't have a dick, but my legs just squeezed together. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, ah. <laughs> I was like, okay, well that's that's kinky. <laughs> my theoretical dick just crawled up into my stomach. <laughs> mm. But one of the reasons why I don't put stuff like that in ties to bond is because um, I just, some parts that it's just too much, it's just too much edge, and you don't want, um, I don't want to encourage that kind of play between people who have no business doing it. Mm-hmm. Which is why I would never write sounding, and I probably wouldn't write um um, figging either because uh, if that's not if the if the ginger root isn't carved correctly, it could, it could get lost and you. <laughs> that is yeah. not something you want to get lost in an orifice. No, because you know I uh, it's well that's actually one of the reasons why I don't write fireplay in um in any BDSM I've ever written. Well, not that I've written any under under this this pen name, but I've written it in the past. Is because I would go to have to feel like that I had to go to this place of explaining all the safety stuff, which is really unhot. But you know, because I'd be like, I don't want anybody thinking that they should do this, right? And then like burning their house down. I haven't done any um, play with electricity beyond that one whip that was alien for the exact same reason. Because I don't want to encourage somebody to electrocute their partner. Mm-hmm. No, really, that's not how you use jumper cables. <laughs> that's just no, that's not a good idea. No. No. <sighs> I'm 
talk about Deadpool. I'm not going to give away any specifics in case you haven't watched it, but what I would say is I just saw something on Facebook by this person on Twitter who is refusing to allow her boys to watch Deadpool until 20th Century Fox removes the sex. Superheroes were created for children, not the sex. Well, one, Deadpool is nobody's hero. (laughs) (laughs) And two... Shut up, lady. Just shut up. We don't care if your boys watch Deadpool. With with people like that, have have these some of these parents who are getting indignant about this? Have they ever read any of the Marvel comics, especially the Marvel franchise? I think if they they have, they wouldn't let their kids watch any of it. No, because none of that stuff was made for kids. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe kids really picked it up, especially you know. I think a lot of it really appeals, especially to teenage boys. But um, it really was never written um, with. Uh, it's always been too violent and and very sex driven and uh, misogynistic for, for, and misogynistic for for what I would consider appropriate for children. So the fact that they kind of cleaned up the movies um, doesn't change the fact that the source material was never designed for your children. No. It was not designed for kids. It's not written for kids. It's it's just it's really not. And some I read this thing somebody's talking about the how incongruous it always been in these movies, where like they've just gotten their asses kicked by some you know alien threat or whatever. So the the bad guy du jour, and you know buildings are falling down, people have died, and they're going oh shucks, you know <laughs> because that's realistic. Uh, because they're trying to, you know, keep their PG-13 rating, right? Um, mm-hmm. And there's no blood, you know, people die and there's no blood. And, and I mean, I, I don't like a lot of gratuitous blood, but, you know, they do a lot um, that makes things, you know, kind of surreal because they're trying to keep that PG-13 rating. And uh, I was really glad that they didn't. Um, well, well Deadpool, Deadpool yet, is rated but R, but I think Deadpool should be in C seventeen. Meaning the movie was NC seventeen as it is to you, or they should have gone further and made it NC seventeen. I think that because um, it is a superhero movie, that they should have made it impossible for parents to bring their kids. So yes, I think it should have been NC seventeen because what's happening is is these parents aren't paying attention to the R rating and they're buying tickets. And when I watched Deadpool, there was a ten year old in the seat in front of me. Ugh. And when the sex scene started, both his parents covered his face. Well, good. <laughs> well, he shouldn't have been there. <laughs> okay. I mean, what but... the hell? That sex scene happened after all the carnage. Oh, come on. Really? So they're okay with him seeing all that violence, but he can't watch that. I mean, have you seen Deadpool? I haven't seen it, but I thought I don't okay. know what order the progression is. a big, huge fight scene before the sex scene happens because the sex scene's in a flashback. And there's, like, blood spatter, and this one dude hits a street sign going 90 miles an hour and splatters. Like one would if one hit a street sign going 90 miles an hour. Um, 
there's brain matter all over the street. Uh, and they cover his eyes for the sex. That sums up what's wrong with our country. It does. You know, when I was um, I was 12... He should have been there at all, as far as I'm concerned. I would never let one of my kids, if I've had kids, go see this movie. And my sister went to see it on Valentine's Day, and she has already told all of her kids, you are not seeing Deadpool. Do not ask. Good for her. When I was 12, I wanted to take a sign language class at the community college in the summer. And uh, they they let you do that. They didn't have, you know, you could sign up at the 8, 12 was the minimum age to take the class. And I'm I'm like, I don't know, I was like three weeks into the class. And uh, they made my mother come in. They said that my mother had to come in the next class. And um, they wanted her to know that they were going to teach us sex words and that she needed to sign a piece of paper that they were going to be teaching anatomy and you know, words about anatomy and about having sex and some sex slang and stuff. And my mother's just staring at them going, well, are you going to, like, teach her violence words and teach her, you know, stuff about, like, war and stuff like that? And they're like, I'm sitting there thinking, we already covered some of that. (laughs) And they're like, well, there's some of that covered in the curriculum. Mom's like, okay, so you don't think that you need to talk to me about teaching her about violence, but you think that I care if you teach her about body parts. And they're like, and that was their perspective was that it was okay to teach me whatever as long as it wasn't about body autonomy, body parts, sex, any of that must I would need parental consent, and anything else must not must be okay. And I was like, I don't care if you teach her about sex, just don't teach her about violent stuff. I was like, yeah, mom, <laughs> that's so that's so sweet and naive. I love you. I, my mother was very, very open about all these topics, um, and I remember, um, I don't remember ever being censored so much, uh, but there were just, there was a cabinet of movies that we were not allowed to watch, and we never even went near them. We had our movies, and my parents had their movies. And I remember watching stuff like Commando and um, Rambo. And um, just my dad had a real fixation for um, Chuck Norris. So Long Wolf McQuaid, whatever his name was, and all those different kinds of um, fighting movies. Um, but the first time I ever saw a actual sex scene, it was Porky's. And for those of you who've watched Porky's, my mouth just my, dropped open. <laughs> my first sex scene was the Lassie sex scene. I was 10 and um it had been left the videotape had been left in the um VCR and um since it wasn't in the cabinet I wasn't supposed to touch, I thought, well, hell, I'll watch it. So I rewound it. And I watched it. And so my mom comes home. 
says, what's wrong with you? I said, you guys left a bad tape in the VCR, and I watched it. She pulled it out, and she went, oh, God, why does that have to be the one? She said, why couldn't it have been against all odds? (laughs) Those were her exact words. Why couldn't it have been against all odds? It, it, it was Porky's, so yeah. Um, and then you're questioning I, your parents' taste in movies for the rest of your life. I know, right? Um, <laughs> but my dad has a crude sense of humor, and he really enjoyed the Porky's movies. Um, it's just terrible. Uh, but I did actually end up watching Against All Odds the same day. Because <laughs> she's like, you, you have to get that out of your head. You have to get that out of your head, because that's just really ugly. And so she put Against All Odds in, and I watched it. But then it ended really sad, and I cried. <laughs> So I was all traumatized. <laughs> it does end very sadly. It does. It does. I think that's why I'm really like, I really like a happy ending because Against All Odds was like the first love movie I ever watched. And it was like, it ended really badly. And I'm like, this is just terrible. How could you do this to me? And I'm over here crying. <laughs> but well, it seems like the critically acclaimed. was better than Porky's. Well, yeah. It does seem like critically acclaimed um, movies, love stories, all end badly. You know what I hate? The Thornbirds. I hate the Thornbirds. Fucking hate it. I couldn't hate it more if I tried. So when I was, I I, I guess I was probably... 13 or 14 or something, and my uncle tells my mom I'm, I'm going to be hanging out at, at their place for the day, and he says, and we're going to watch movies, and she says, what kind of movie? And so he tells her that, and I'm going to tell you what he said the plot of the movie was, and let's see if you can guess what movie it was, about some men who are trapped in the wilderness and trying to find their way out. Some men trapped in the wilderness trying to find their deliverance? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just popped into my head. It's like, what could it be terrible? It has to be deliverance. My deliverance experience didn't happen until I was in college. And we we had, all of us, none of us had seen it, and we were all like in the video store when, you know, when they still had video stores. And, um... I said, we should get Deliverance. And she said, have you seen it? And I said, no, have you seen it? And so we decided we had not seen it. And so we get we get to the dorm with it, and we announced that we had Deliverance. And they were like, I've never seen that. But we all heard about it, right? Who hadn't heard about it? And so we all sit down and watch it in complete silence. <laughs> You've never seen a, a lobby of a dorm that quiet ever. And we just... <laughs> sat there in horrified silence. How did your viewing go? Oh, I was like, you know, I was comp- I I was I was very upset. I think I hid in the bathroom at one point. Um, <laughs> you know, I was <laughs> everybody everybody treated me like an adult, you know, because I I was tall and I was busty and uh and you know, and people treated me like I was an adult and I was 13 or 14 years old and um I think I I think I hid in the bathroom after like the worst scene in the movie and for a little while and so you know I go home my mom was like so how'd it go and I was like I don't want to watch movies over there anymore she, ever much 
And I said, this movie called Deliverance. And, of course, my mother knew what it was. And she had the biggest fit. She was so mad. She was so mad. And she's, like, calling my uncle. She's like, what the hell are you doing letting my 13-year-old daughter watch that piece of trash? I do not trust you ever again. I, This is what I get for letting my – and she went right to the, you know – Hang out well, with a bunch of auto mechanics. That was her. Well, the, well, what I had heard about it, it, it sounded funny, and I didn't realize that they were actually making fun of men being raped, and it was really, <laughs> I mean, it was really horrifying. It was like I cannot fucking believe people think this is funny. I know, and so I had when I was in um, when I was in college, people would make jokes about dueling banjos. And I'm like, that's not funny. like a pig. Like, I'm like, that's not funny shit. Stop it. That is not funny. There was you that know? commercial where these guys were in the woods, um, around the campfire, and in the background, someone starts playing dueling banjos, and they fight each other to see who can get in the car faster. Again, that that's a rape joke. It is it's it is a rape joke. It's a national car commercial. It's a rape joke. Anyways. <clears throat> My worst college movie experience would be The Exorcist. I don't think anything needs to be said about that. <laughs> if you've not yeah. seen the uncut director's cut if you've not seen the director's cut of The Exorcist, don't. Don't ever see it. Don't. Some things you just need to not see. That shit will never, ever leave your head. Do not see it. I will be an old lady and I will have forgotten everything but The Exorcist. That's gross. Barbara says that the antibiotic eye ointment she's got has the consistency of Vaseline. I don't think I had a lot of college missteps with movies where you just kind of go, I mean, there were some that were boring. We tended to pick boring movies. Like, oh, this is really going to be really good, and then we'd all sit there and go, this is boring uh, as hell. What the hell? What the not good. <laughs> No, this is not. But I think the one really bad misstep was Caligula. And no, that's just not something you sit around and watch with your college buddies. Our um, boring um, misstep would be Amadeus. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a, that for me is like a while I'm cleaning the house movie. <laughs> Roaming it out. Yeah, I've got. Okay, I'm gonna do dishes for ten minutes. Maybe the scene that's interesting will be on. <laughs> Rocky Horror is never a college misstep. No, no, no. I have to. That's that. That's always. That's always awesome. Although, yeah, I mean. Although we didn't need Rocky Horror for people to start having sex in the seat behind. Do you want to say hi? <laughs> he did not want to say hi. 
Good night, burrito. I don't actually call my husband burrito all the time. That was just, you know, for you guys. Contextual. Um, yeah, it was contextual. Yeah. I, I'm I'm sitting here envying Azure's uh, college experience of the the two Frankenfurters having sex in the yeah, because I would have liked seat to behind her. That. I'm not. I'm I, I'm totally on board with you cosplaying transvestites having sex. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have been like, hey, <laughs> you guys wouldn't be doing it in the seat behind me if you didn't want an audience. So. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> it, they wanted your attention, Azure. That's why they kept bumping your seat. So you should have stood up and turned around and watched. <laughs> then you wouldn't have cared if they bumped your seat. <laughs> you could have offered them pointers. <laughs> yeah, you should, you should you lift your hips just a little bit. <laughs> you could improve that angle. <laughs> Sorry. I watched the Rocky Horror Picture Show for the first time with my mom. I think I did too, actually. I think that sounds right. I'll know, actually, by the release date. Yeah, it would have been with my mother. I'm pretty sure I saw it before I went to college. Yep. I think I was probably like 14 or 15. And that was her notion of this is acceptable. I'm tired of you watching all that violent crap. Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch Rocky Make Horror. I'm sick of this I'm sick of this Conan the Barbarian crap. You are not watching any more of that garbage stuff. It's misogynistic trash. Okay, mom. Blonde hair and a tan. <laughs> <laughs> I had to admit to really enjoying Conan the Barbarian. Um, I also really liked Red Sonja. <laughs> I, I did too, but oh, my mother couldn't. She she hated how violent that stuff was, and uh, uh, a lot of times how the women were portrayed. And it just she's like, "You're not watching any of that garbage. Here, watch Rocky Horror." <laughs> <laughs> Here, watch. I don't care what sex movie you watch. If you want watch full on porn, that's fine with me, but no more violence. I, you know, for me, um, after I got over that whole rookies thing, um, it, the the damage had been done. So after that, I really wasn't censored as as, as far as what I was allowed to watch. Um, um, but then this is also a woman who gave me a textbook on sex when I asked her what sex was. An actual textbook, a human sexuality textbook, with pictures. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. My my mom got me our bodies ourselves. Um, I don't I don't remember how old I was, but there were many diagrams, hand drawn diagrams prior to that. Um, but I think I've, I think I've mentioned to you before about our flub when I was uh, twelve or thirteen with my reading list, uh, and she had put this. She didn't. She, to be fair, she didn't name the author. She just said to read. My next book on my reading list was Justine. And I went and found the first Justine on the bookshelf that I found, you know. And she wanted me to read the one by Lawrence Durrell, which is part of the Alexandria Quartet. And the one I found stumbled across was Justine by the Marquis de Sade. And I sat down and read it. (laughs) And she came home to me. She comes home to me crying. And (laughs) she's like, what the hell is the matter with you? I was like, why did you want me to read this? (laughs) This is terrible. She's like, what the hell are you reading? 
And I was like, you told me to. Not this book. And we, we had this big old, you know, once I got over being upset, she was like, okay, this is what I wanted you to read. Okay, so well, I shot back with, because, you know, a little bit of smart ass. I was like, well, next time, note the author. <laughs> and next time, keep your weirdo porn out of the living room. <laughs> this is probably a good idea across the board. Um, I think I read my first Harlequin Desire when I was 11 or 12. Sounds about right for me too. Yeah. Yeah. Mom, Mom had a whole a, collection Mom, of them. Mom got a subscription. You know, you could sign up in the back of the book, and they'd send yeah. you all for for a month or something yeah. like that. And she'd read them first, and then I'd get them, and then they'd go to the secondhand bookstore, and mother, you know, we take she'd take them two or three boxes at a time, and yeah, it was a whole ritual thing. I liked um, Elizabeth Loyal. And she wrote for Harlequin Desire when it was a new line, when it was new. And um, she's one of the only really sticks out from my head. I think that Nora Roberts wrote for that for a while as, as well. Um, but, yeah, I cut my teeth romance-wise on Harlequin. Um, and then um, my mom got into historical bodice rippers, and we had a divergence. Because the first time I read one, it was like... She said no, and he said, you don't know what you want. I'm like, yes, she does. <laughs> she knows what she wants. I said, Mom, I can't read this shit. <laughs> you know, somebody asked me a couple weeks ago, they asked me why a lot of my stories end right after the first sex scene. And I actually shot back immediately. I said, because I read too many Harlequins when I was a teenager. <laughs> Because you know there are actually rules about Harlequins where they can, they can't have full on penetration until I love yous are ex- are exchanged and there can only be like one or perhaps two sex scenes in the whole book and like there's a whole bunch of rules about um, sex in in Harlequin books. There's a box that those that those writers have to write in. It's really constrictive. Mm-hmm. But I, and I'm not certainly not not even probably not even half my stories end on the first sex scene. But there's you know there's a, there's a, certainly a handful that is like, oh we get to sex, okay the story's done. And somebody asked me about that. They actually were like, why do you have this thing where you don't explore anything about the relationship after the sex scene? And I was like, hey, because I read too many Harlequins when I was a teenager. Suck it up. So the next time you write one, end it before the sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> but but the thing is, I actually like you guys, and I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> or there, that's what I could do is I could save this, put the sex scene in the in a separate document and just give it to people I like. <laughs> Email me for the sex scene. If I like you, you might get it. <laughs> Don't email me twice. You definitely won't get it. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, we all have a little writer quirks like that. Because this week I had a complete meltdown about writing too short because it's never happened to me before and then it happened twice (laughs) it did i came in under word count and i was like and it's for a challenge and i you can't be under word count this is a minimum absolute minimum for the challenge and i mean i wrote the story i thought this thing is tight it's perfect i'm done 
It is and then I look at the word count. I look at the word count and I went, I'm 600 words under. What the fuck? <laughs> yes, I have read it and I'm totally bragging about it. Oh, you read, I it? read it? Yeah, I read it. <laughs> I and read it. says, put in a blowjob. And I was like, yeah, a blowjob. I actually had to reconceive a scene to put the blowjob in because I didn't want just a disconnected blowjob. So I had to reconceive <laughs> a scene. <laughs> it's like, it's like, drop your pants, okay? <laughs> Okay. All right. But, you know, but here's I just, the thing. I, that actually would not have been out of character at all. That's, that's true. Because men. But, yeah, because they're men. But I decided to reconceive the the, the the last scene a little bit so that I could put the blowjob in and get my get my words. And I thought the scene was actually better for it. Um, but uh, it was a good scene. I really enjoyed that story I, altogether. But it was just so funny because I was like, I was like, when does this ever happen to me ever? In my life, that I came in under. It was kind of like you. Um, I, I was all deflated and shit. I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> I, and I, I kind of, I was like, I'm like, I'm blaming Kira a little bit, like teaching us how to write short stories and shit. Uh-uh. Do not blame your pre <laughs> credit. Not blame credit. Not blame. But you don't. know, I give you credit today. But I was, I was. There was a little bit of blame. Don't in me. blame your pre ejaculation yeah. problems on me. <laughs> it was just so funny. I was like, man, if I hadn't had, if I hadn't done all these challenges learning how to write short stories, I would not be six hundred words under. <laughs> it's a skill. I mean, it's it's really a skill that I actually um, obviously struggle with. I mean, I do struggle with it. In, in case you guys have missed it, um, and that's why I keep kind of going back to it because I do struggle with um the short story format and um so and it is a skill and it's a lot and it, and it is a dying art the short story is the is a dying art in american fiction so um yeah everyone else has to wait to read that until end of march there you go ha 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 And no, I won't share, so don't you go asking. Um, but I really enjoyed it. It was great. Is 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 this technically a cock tease? I think it could be. It is. It probably is. Yeah. I I regret nothing. <laughs> Lady Holder, you can't be cock teased because you've read it too. <laughs> don't go acting like a fucking victim in the chat room. For serious. <laughs> Bragging is ugly and rude. Right. No, not really. Cock teasing is terrible, too. It's as bad as cock blocking. Um, unless, like, the end goal is fucking. <laughs> But cock teasing on purpose with no intent of ever having sex with somebody is just really na- ugly ass behavior on both sides it, of the fence. I mean, but I don't is. think men do it as often as women do it. Um, it is no excuse for bad behavior on the man's part, but I think it's extremely poor behavior on a woman's part to do that. I've always thought so. I mean, it's one thing if you're not intentionally. You know, attracting somebody, and you're not—that's not 
that's not on you at all. But if you set out to attract somebody and wheel them in and, you know, just do that whole thing and set them up for that with no intention of sleeping with them but acting like you're going to, that's some ugly-ass behavior. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just, I don't even, why would you do that? I mean, what kind of power game is that? It's one thing to change your mind. It's another thing entirely to just know from the get-go you're not going to because it's why. I mean, that's just being cruel. It is. It is. It it really is. Yeah, because, yeah, you can change your mind at any point in the game. At any point in the game. Um, But to go into it knowing this is never going to happen and you're just doing this for your own entertainment is just, that's ugly. It's just as bad as like you see in those teen movies where the hot guy asks out the ugly girl and sets her up. I hate that. That's just so ugly. That could, that's that's kind of, that's also kind of bullying. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just allergy season just sucks. I'm all bloated. You know, my my face is all bloated, and I got um, I've had nosebleeds all week. It's just terrible. I hate spring. I hate summer. I'm not fond of winter. What's that? I hate. I can't remember the order. This I can't remember the order. He hates the seasons, and I hate winter, summer. I hate. Summer, winter, fall, and spring, I think, is the order in that I hate everything song. <laughs> I hate summer, winter, fall, and spring. That's kind of, so. <laughs> I, I like fall. Fall's good to me. That's just about it. I like winter uh, where I like winter where I live. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's I don't very like winter. Important. I don't like winter other places. You know, when I visit my parents up in the Great White North, then it's minus thirty degrees. I don't like that. No. When your eyeballs can actually freeze when you go ice skating. No. That poor woman. Although she was warned to wear goggles. So it's a little bit on her. For getting out there in the minus 45 wind chill on that pond with no goggles on. Her eyeballs froze. Because, ow, I don't know, I mean, the, I mean, the hospital has ways of thawing that shit out, but still, it's just not something you want frozen. Ever. No. You just don't want any parts of you that are, you know, mucus producing to, <laughs> you know, to, to freeze. They get too cold. And then they get too cold, and it's just really, really terrible. Yeah, I'm also just, going to this thing where either I'm really cold or I'm a volcano. Like stripping off, going, oh, my God, it's hot. I mean, it's like 69 <laughs> degrees. I, mean, I don't care. I'm so fucking I'm, hot. I'm, what is wrong with I'm me? I'm being free. If, if this is the beginning of menopause, I might end up on the news <laughs> or, <laughs> or an episode of Snapped. Temperature changes. They drive you to it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not gonna. It's not gonna work out. 
<laughs> it really you is never not. Ha- if you've never had your temperature change abruptly, it's kind of like, oh, my God. And what not is that? Mm-hmm. It's very nauseating. It's like one minute you're perfectly okay, and then you're freezing to the point where your teeth are chattering a little bit, and then you are like almost instantly in a fucking sweat. I can't make any guarantees (laughs) about how that's going to go. (laughs) The other night, I was in... We were we were in bed, and my husband asked me. He says, "Do you have an electric blanket on?" I'm like, "No, that's me. I was I was so hot, I was radiating heat." He said it was like being in bed with a stove. Well, he should just feel lucky. It's winter after all. I know, right? You think he'd be, you know, pleat? No. Well, he's a burrito sleeper, so he is a burrito sleeper, and so he just can't be. You just can't take anything you said seriously. I, I slept with people that I would describe as a human furnace, and that can actually be unpleasant to cuddle with because yeah. everything starts to get very hot and sticky, and everybody and starts every to sweat. Touching them is sweaty. Yep. And then you get all sticky together. And then you're under the covers, and it's like a little sauna under there. It's not good. I mean, literally, it's like you know you got you got you know you got normal above the covers and the Everglades under. It's not good. Not good. I hate a man who sweats a lot during sex. To the point where there's like sweat on your belly. Or it's dripping off their face onto your your face. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I hate that. Like, let me get you a bandana. It's okay. Just go (laughs) ahead and go ahead and pull on out. We'll just we'll take a bandana break. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'd like to be on top from now on. Before I drown. <laughs> oh. you, ever watch cook- you ever watch cooking shows where the chefs are like sweating into the food and you're just going, I'm never uh, eating in a restaurant again? <laughs> no, right? And it seems oh. like, and when they get really, really bad, it's like somebody says something, but, you know, unless it's really, really, really horrible, nobody says anything. And you're just kind of going, hmm, hmm, wow, so how much... How much sweat has there been in my food in my life? I can't think about it. No, because otherwise I will never leave the house again. I, will I just think sit. a lot of cooking shows, it's actually the studio lights that's making them sweat. It could be. I'm going to think that from now on. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm willing to go with you on this, this journey because I'm willing to let that be my headcanon because, um, it, 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 you know, I, I don't know that I can accept any other narrative. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not sit at home with packaged almonds and protein bars for the rest of my life. Oh dear. <laughs> I'm getting ugly faces in the chat room. <laughs> <sighs> well, my mother and I will be venturing out into the world tomorrow. I don't know what we're doing. My plan is to do as little as possible. I don't know what her plan is. Does her plan involve a Walmart or a Michaels? (laughs) 
I'm pretty sure it's going to involve at least one of them because she informed me um, that she's out of uh, colors. She needs a green marker because she's out. Oh, I said, you know, you know, leaves can be brown. <laughs> That's what I told her. I said, leaves don't always have to be green. I'd be like, you know you have more than one color green. Stop fronting. Come on. <laughs> Use that mint green that you don't like. <laughs> Last Saturday, I dropped her off at Michael's. I said, I'll tell you what. I'm going to get you. I'm going to drop you off at Michael's. I'm going to go over to Starbucks and get me a coffee, and I'll come back for you. <laughs> and I will be a human being when I get back. Right now, not so much. So it worked out really great. By the time I walked, um, I drove back up, she was walking out the store. It was great timing. I'd be like, now I just need somebody to pump my gas and my day will be set. <laughs> no, right? I will do anything to avoid pumping gas, including letting my mother do it. And she's in her 60s. I don't, I, I just, I can't. <laughs> I feel no shame whatsoever for this either. Uh, well, I would not. I'd be like, Mom, I take, I'd be like, Mom, I take you to Michael's and Walmart. You, <laughs> you take did. me to Exxon. Oh, <laughs> it's not too much to ask. We're down no. to a minute. You guys have a great weekend. I can't say um if I'll have a podcast on Sunday because I'm always just so fucking tired. I'm really fucking tired. I'm just saying. Um remember that this is the final weekend for rough trade before I start I'm gonna start cleaning it off on the first. So if you've not finished your reading, you need to dedicate your weekend to it because it is going to be gone on the 1st. Bye-bye. You guys have a great weekend. Bye, all. (laughs) Shut up and sit down.